the storm. The wind whips past the unsealed window, creating a vicious vacuum that stretches the curtains across the skeleton that separates them. She can feel the air being sucked out of the room, suffocating her. Her eyes start to dart around the deep oblivion of night, just past that thin glass sheet, and the panic washes over her, holding her tighter than the curtains that are surrounding her. She starts to wonder if there's something else forcing this fabric prison against her skin, pressing her against the window, and then, just as quickly as it left, the air returns to normal. The curtains fall back from her, and once again, she can breathe. That oh-so-familiar knot in her stomach is beginning to go away, like her father told her it always would once she got control of her wild imagination. Her name is Anne, and she is afraid. Afraid like many young children tend to be about the storm that's outside her bedroom window, having no idea that there is now another storm inside with her. But she hasn't heard that one yet, and in the end, she most likely never will. No one heard the back door open with the loud creak it always had, because Henry, Anne's father, had just rehinged and re-leveled it earlier that week. It's strange how accustomed we become to these little annoyances of our lives, and even once we fix them, they still go on living there. Of course, for Henry and Anne, they would most likely have rather kept the creaky door than gain the dark figure that is currently descending their basement stairs. Sharp cracks of thunder pierce through the torrent of wind from a few miles away, and Anne can tell the storm is getting closer. Then, a much more familiar sound arises from inside. That loud wind-up of the radio in mother and father's room across the house. The screech of the dial turning through the frequencies until stopping on the sound of talking. But it's too far away for Anne to tell what they're saying. She pulls on a fluffy pink robe that's much too big for her and ties it up tight. In her mind, this armor can stand up against anything outside her door out in the darkness. But, unfortunately, the world just isn't as forgiving as little girls in their mother's bathrobe believe it to be. And neither is the man who at that very moment is only a few feet below her. The same man but has just heard the same radio cut on, and is beginning to wonder whether a trek through the darkness could be in his near future as well. She turns the knob and peers out into the hallway, studying it as though it were the busiest street in the world. Mother had always said look both ways before crossing, and Anne was going to be sure and do just that before running across this interstate of carpet into the kitchen. At second glance, it didn't look that far. She guessed she could just jump the gap if she really tried. She'd better stretch first, though. Coming up short could mean disaster for her currently flawless career of jumping over things. She backs all the way up to the edge of her bed and takes a deep breath, and then takes off towards the door, and an inch before the carpet begins, she leaps with more power than she ever knew she could and flies across all four lanes with ease. But her longtime foe was waiting on the other side. The landing, 
As her right foot begins to touch the cold linoleum, it becomes clear, but it's too late to stop, and it slides out from her and twists in a way that feet really never should. Pain shoots up immediately, and then her elbow makes contact, which brings with it an even more sharp agony. But before she can let out a crying expression of this new torment, her head meets the floor. A hard thud and a small bounce take it all away, and the darkness washes over her. And through that darkness, the sound of a little girl in her mother's pink bathrobe slamming onto the ground calls out. Both of the men in the house hear it. Both of the men in the house feel afraid, and both of them start for the kitchen. Henry exits the bedroom with the message on the radio repeating behind him and starts down the hall. As he passes the front door, a flash of light and a loud snap consume the living room, and although he'd never admit it, Henry jumps. He then looks around him, searching for anyone who could have seen this embarrassing moment play out, but he finds no one. What he does see is much worse. A small, fluffy clump lying in the kitchen floor, motionless. And with another flash of lightning comes a clear picture. It's Anne, wrapped in her armor that has failed her. Henry rushes to his daughter's side and scoops her limp body into his arms. He begins shaking her and brushing his fingers through her hair, staring down at that little face, praying to see those two blue eyes that she'd stolen from her mother looking up at him. Another flash and another realization. What should be light golden hair is dark red and thick in his hands. Henry begins shouting, begging for his little girl to wake up. As his pleas echo through the house, they fall on the ears that have just passed through the threshold of the basement and onto the same plane as him and his little girl. But the voice of another has also found a home there, the message on the radio still repeating clearly. Seek shelter immediately. The storm has arrived. Henry looks up. Tears have begun to fill his eyes and out across the living room through the windows he can see it. The black vortex swirling in the night. And with each flash of lightning it gets closer. Henry holds his little girl tight to his chest and tells her that everything will be alright. He repeats it over over as he gets to his feet and begins to carry them both towards the basement. And somewhere in all this excitement, Henry forgets that when he passed the basement door just a few moments ago, it was closed. But now it stands open, welcoming him and his daughter into their assumed safety. He turns and shuts the door behind him as he continues down the steps. As he reaches the middle of the room, he pulls the string on the lone light bulb hanging from the ceiling. It sways its dim, warm light across the room, as best it can, while Henry makes his way to the old chair that's sitting up. Of course, he doesn't notice the wet imprint on the seat, or the small puddles around the legs. As he sits, he begins to rock Anne in his arms, reassuring her that they're safe, that everything is going to be okay. With the tears beginning to stream down his face, 
Feeling the soft pink roam in his arms, he thinks about how all of this would be so much easier if his wife was there. She was always the smart one with the level head after all. Of course, if she was there, she'd probably be crying too, as those two little pieces of clear sky slowly open up, and that tiny, hushed voice asks her father what happened. Henry jolts with relief. He hugs his sweet Anne, resting her head on his shoulder. He sways back and forth, telling her how much he loves her, and how scared he was that she was gone. But Anne is experiencing something very different. As she peers out from her father's shoulder into the world illuminated by that small, swinging light, she can see it. A tall, shadowy body that stretches almost all the way to the ceiling. Water dripping down from the long, greasy black hair that attempts to conceal that jagged smile, frozen beneath two large eyes, so dark they had to be made of that same shadow that surrounded the man. As the sun begins to rise the next morning, a car pulls into the yard. The driver exits and surveys the house, still standing with no damage from the storm whatsoever. At least, that's how it looks to her from the outside. But once she goes in, the evidence of just how devastating the storm truly was on her family will be paramount. She will see the basement door standing open in the silent house. And on the floor in front of it, a bathrobe that is no longer pink and fluffy. She will gaze down the steps into that dim warm light and find in it the worst pain imaginable. And when she looks in those two blue eyes that mirror her own, she will find fear. The kind of fear that we have all felt before. Of being a child. Facing a storm. What she'll never know is that neither Anne nor her husband ever heard the second storm. They only felt the pain and the cold. That lasting, deep, and frigid cold that even a fluffy pink bathrobe couldn't protect them from. <laughs>